There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. What is up, Bits of Gold fam? Happy Monday. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend and is getting ready for a great week ahead. Today, my guest is Janelle Abrahami. Janelle is a career coach for Driven Millennials and creator of the Pivot with Purpose career coaching program. Before making her own career pivot into entrepreneurship in 2020, Janelle spent more than seven years across corporate HR departments like learning and development, recruiting, consulting, and HR business partnership, helping hundreds of passionate professionals find that, hell yeah, this is what I'm meant to do kind of work. Janelle has a bachelor's degree in applied psychology from NYU and a master's degree in organizational behavior from the London School of Economics. Connect with her at Janelle Abrahami. In the show notes, I'll include her website, her Instagram, etc. This is an awesome episode for anyone who feels lost, who wants to try to find more purpose in their work, in their day-to-day, or in their professional life. This episode is for you. We dive into Janelle's own background, how she ended up starting her own business, But really, there's a lot of bits of gold in this episode about how to find your purpose, how to create more purpose in your day-to-day, and how to lead a career with a lot of purpose and intention. So with that, enjoy. Janelle Abrahami, welcome to the Bits of Gold podcast. So excited to have you on today. Hi, I'm excited to be here too. Yeah, I'm really excited. I was scrolling on LinkedIn and over the last like 18 months, I've become one of the people who like love putting content out on LinkedIn and came across your profile. And I instantly felt like everything that you stand for, you believe as it relates to helping ambitious millennials find their dream job is like right on board and right on hit the money spot in regards to, you know, what I believe in, what I stand for and what I look to share in the world through this podcast, my writing. So I am so excited to hear from you today, share your perspective and, hear what you have to say. Amazing. Yeah. Before we jump into it, maybe you could share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and then we'll take it back to the beginning of your story. Sounds good. I'm Janelle Abrahami. Like you said, I'm a career coach for driven millennials like you and me who felt like they had it all figured out when they graduated college. And now a couple years later are picking up their heads and thinking, hang on, I don't want to do this. But if I don't want to do this, what else could I do? So I help millennials who are kind of in the midst of a career identity crisis and need to figure out what kind of career will really fulfill them, will really use the strengths and skills that they love to use, and will fulfill a part of themselves that hasn't been fulfilled in a while. I deal with a lot of millennials like myself who have been burned out from the corporate world or have been burned by employers or even felt like they couldn't live up to the perfectionist expectations that they had for themselves or thought that their family had for them. That is the person that I am so passionate about helping to figure out what they 
truly really want and what success means to them and then create a really smart, actionable plan to land that career. Mm, that's awesome. It's interesting because I've actually never heard the term millennial burnout before till just now. And it's ringing like very true to what I see and what I've seen over the last several years where I'm kind of baffled, I guess, with how many people in their early 20s are doing work or even early 30s, late 30s are doing work that they're just like deeply unfulfilled about. And as you said, uh, millennial burnout, I was thinking about you hear people like from our previous generation talking about, oh, I'm going through a midlife crisis or I have career burnout. But I feel like in many ways for people today who are in their like 20s, 30s, there are so many people who it's burnout. They're deeply unfulfilled. Where do you think that that just comes from? Because it's like I have my own theories or ideas around like where that stems from, because, you know, there's like so much opportunity today through the Internet, social media, et cetera. But I'm always surprised because I always look at your 20s, your 30s, like the beginning. It should be in some ways feel like maybe the least amount of stress, like first job, first opportunity. Everything's great. And I've actually been somewhat amazed. Like I went to Syracuse for undergrad. I'm still like very connected, speak to students there and find that there are so many students that are just like lost in their early 20s. Yeah. So I don't think that there is a, like a one origin story for all experiences of burnout, but I do think it comes back to a couple of consistent themes, at least for millennials. One would be, first, I do want to say that when we graduate college and we stumble into a career, we're not even burnt out by that point. And there's nothing wrong with choosing what you choose after graduation. There's nothing wrong with you know, pointing your arrow and saying, okay, I have to make money. I got this degree. I have to pay off my student loans. And I'm pretty excited about sales. I'm pretty excited about marketing or finance or law. Let's get into it. And it is totally normal for anyone, regardless of their age or their background, to fall out of love with what they do after a certain amount of time. If you're almost 10 years out of school, it's normal to not feel the same passion or energy around a thing that you chose when you were 22. Where I think the burnout and the kind of career identity crisis comes from is a couple of things. One is very, very stringent, strict parameters and expectations that millennials put on themselves to think that they have to have it figured out and to blame themselves when they do admit to themselves, hey, I'm actually not happy in this career. I don't think this is it for me anymore. I can't see myself growing. I don't want my boss's job. How could that be, though? I went to an amazing school. I got an amazing degree. I should know what I'm doing. I should be able to figure this out for myself. They do this thing that I heard from someone else. I can't really remember who, but they should themselves to death. They should all over themselves. <laughs> when <laughs> Let's just release that pressure of should but that's where I think a lot of burnout comes from. Another is career comparison and comparing their career paths, their reality to what they see from their peers from a very superficial point of view, usually social media or LinkedIn. They see that their sorority sister just got an amazing promotion at this cool agency. And they're like, oh, why don't I feel that way about my career? But what they don't realize is they have no idea how that person feels about that promotion. They just see that it looks good on LinkedIn. They have no idea how their peers feel about their careers when they're posting about their 
business trips or a client meeting or a big dinner out to celebrate something. They just see the highlights. They don't know what it feels like to be in that job. And so we make so many assumptions about what our peers feel about their own careers. And inevitably, we find that we fall short. We come up short when a lot of the times that is not true. Yeah, 100%. I think social media is like, obviously, there's plenty of great things about social media. You know, it's obviously how I found you and reached out to you. But it can be so toxic, especially as it relates to the comparison piece. Like I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. And I would say over the last like two years, I've unfollowed so many entrepreneurs or people who are building their own business that I followed because I really try hard to not compare myself to others. It's like almost inevitable where you're like, oh, that one's driving a fancy. I don't even give a, like, I really yeah. could give two shits about a fancy car, but you're all of a sudden like, what am I doing wrong in my own business? And why am I not there yet? Right. And what should I be doing? Or what did they do differently? And you start to question yourself. And yeah, it's like, that's when I feel like social media has become just a really terribly toxic tool. Yeah. Those symbols, like a fancy car, a trip, even a vacation saying like, hey, I have this PTO that I'm using, they symbolize something that is not completely attached to or that is separate from how that individual feels about their work. But us from the outside looking in conflate the two and think, oh, they're, they have that cool thing. That must mean that their career is really cool and they're really excited about it. And that's usually not true. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to clarify dream jobs just as it relates to the meaning behind that, I guess, because from my own experience, a lot of peers that are from the previous generation, older cousins, aunts, uncles, parents, you know, a lot of them have this idea. I see that a lot of millennials, early 20s, 30s, whatever, are looking to tie their work, their career to a greater sense of purpose, to a greater sense of fulfillment. And, you know, I've personally experienced where you turn to a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, and you tell them, hey, I'm not so happy. I'm not so thrilled with what I'm doing. And they tell you something to the effect of a job is just a job. It's supposed to put money on the table. It's supposed to put money in your pocket so you can provide for your family, put food on the table. It doesn't need this grand sense of purpose, this grand sense of fulfillment. And I'd love to get your thoughts as it relates to that, because I think that's that is very much the sentiment of like the previous generation. And I personally found that to be very challenging I'm now 28, but in my early 20s to be very challenging. And I've heard it like time and time again from aunts, uncles and things like that. This might not be what you're expecting me to say, but I actually agree with your aunts and uncles. I do agree that to an extent, there might not be such a thing as a dream job. And what I mean by that is there's no such thing as a perfect job. There is no such thing as a job in which you are only doing things that you love and never have to do the things that you dislike. And that's something I work with my clients on very, very early on in our work together is to understand what are the core elements of a job or a long-term career path that are super, super important to you that will outweigh the smaller parts of that career path or that job that you don't really like, but can tolerate because of like the net positive value that you're getting out of it. So I do want to be like really clear that Yes, using the term dream job can be very easy. It has nuances. It needs to be unpacked and should not be taken at face value. But what we're really talking about is a job in which like net positivity, net impact, net fulfillment is positive. 
and outweighs some of the things that like you're always going to have to do. Like you're always going to have to probably balance a budget or you're always going to have to perhaps deal with individuals that are not your cup of tea (laughs) and make things difficult for you. But those are learning opportunities. But if you know to your core that you just cannot do surface level communication with people until it just like makes your skin crawl, let's figure out a career in which that is such a minimal part of your work. I'm probably not going to suggest that you become a sales rep or a learning and development facilitator or a podcast host even. Let's figure out the parts of the job that you just really can't stand and find where those are the least time consuming or the most minimal parts of that career. That makes sense. I'd agree where it's like situational where, because I know people who don't, they're just like, I just want a job. I don't care about a greater sense of purpose or fulfillment. Like I want to go in somewhere, clock in, leave by a certain hour, make some money, and then, you know, be able to go on and do the things I want. And that's perfectly okay as well. Yeah. How did you get started? Like, how'd you end up as a career coach? I've always been a career coach. It's just been called different titles in my corporate career. And I've transitioned into being an independent, legit, formal career coach in title for the past two years. But I got here actually in college when I was an undergrad at NYU. I was going through some really hard mental health stuff and was actually considering dropping out and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But I got an invitation to be a peer career coach on campus to be an individual that helped other NYU students in all different schools and grad levels to figure out what they wanted to do with their own careers, to do resume reviews, interview prep, employer relations. And I came back to NYU solely because of that extracurricular position. (laughs) That was really the only thing that was like bringing me back. I just had a hunch that it was going to be something that I loved and, and that I was good at. And I was right. So that I continued doing that for the rest of my time in undergrad, and that led to full-time jobs in corporate HR, all different aspects of HR, including campus recruitment, regular recruitment, learning and development, HR business partnership, corporate consulting, and got my master's in HR and org behavior. And I was really kind of checking all the boxes. I was moving up in my levels in my career from the outside, and even to myself, it looked like I'm killing it. Like I am succeeding. I have a dream career, but on the inside, it did not feel that way. I was so over my roles. I was an amazing company that was getting so much press and had an incredible flexible role there with all of the benefits I could ever imagine, an amazing, comfortable salary. And I looked at my boss one day and thought, I don't want her job. What company was it? It was a tech startup in Silicon Valley that's now about like 10, 11 years old, I was looking at my boss and thought, I don't want that role or your boss's role. There's not another position at at this company that I would want to move into. What am I doing? I thought I had it all figured out. And so I tried my hand in consulting and I absolutely hated it. (laughs) And then the pandemic happened. So I was actually unemployed at the very beginning of the pandemic because I resigned from my consulting job right as that started. And uh, as scary and overwhelming as that was, it was a huge blessing. I had to get really honest with myself and realize, Janelle, you are not on the path that is fulfilling you right now. You are not actually killing it as much as it looks like you are. Why? Why not? 
had to have some really hard, honest conversations with myself and really face the fact that I wanted more for my career and I was not getting that in the traditional paths that I was following. So I went through all of the free assessments and quizzes like, what job is right for me? Or what should I do? Personality quiz. Found ones that were really helpful, found ones that were a complete waste of time, and then finally made a pivot. And it occurred to me that even with all of my experience in recruitment and learning and development in having a seat on the other side of the hiring process, it was still such a struggle for me to make this career pivot that I decided it was my work to make it easier for other millennials having a similar career identity crisis. So that's- Mm. Did you resign from the job or you had left your job and then you tried consulting and you left the consulting? I resigned from both jobs. So I quit my position at the tech startup in Silicon Valley to go into a consulting role at a small firm that I was excited about. I had a mentor there. Also in HR also in HR, but on the consulting side. So I was building out HR and organizational culture programs for clients, uh, big companies in the S&P 500 and startups. And consulting life was just not the life for me in that traditional sense. So I just couldn't really take it anymore. And that was like the epitome of my personal burnout, just not feeling recognized, not feeling fulfilled, hating the pace of the culture at that specific company. So I resigned from that job in April 2020, which was, in hindsight, a very, very, very risky move. Yeah. What would you say was the most challenging part? And I'm curious, like, did anyone in your immediate network pressure you or give you any feedback as it relates to like, oh, you should figure out what's next before leaving because you have benefits, things like that? This particular situation was one that like, it was just not working. It was just not a fit. And I was very confident about the decision to step away. And I will say that even throughout the pandemic and the stress of being unemployed and living in San Francisco and trying to make that work, there wasn't a day during that period that I woke up and thought, man, I wish I was logging into that job. Hmm. So I was very confident in that decision. So you go on this like self journey of trying to discover and figure out what it is you want to do. You know, you mentioned you did all these like online tests, it sounds like, and things like that. But what was your actual process in trying to uncover and get to where you are today? Oh, man. So it's a lot easier for my clients now than it was for me. I will say that. So I do want to caveat this. Like, I'm going to detail some things that I would not suggest for my own clients. I make it a lot easier and more uh, intuitive for them. My journey was very messy. I had every single tool available to me in terms of like recruiting, LinkedIn premium, knowing how recruiters work and their brains work, strategic networking, an incredible engaged network that wanted to help connect me to places, just like know-how from my experience doing this that did help. But really what made the biggest difference was understanding what I did in the past in all of my past roles that I did not want to do again and why. And that information, that self-awareness was so crucial when I was looking at other job opportunities so that I could be really honest with myself when I was looking at a super attractive job description on LinkedIn or when I was looking at someone else's profile thinking, hmm, do I want to do that work? Do I want to connect with this person? 
for an informational interview and, and see what that work is like. I had a very I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Clear-cut list of things that I did not want to do again and compelling reasons why, so that I could cross-reference that with a job description and be really honest and say, you know, this list of things that I don't want to do and this job description look very similar. Am I really going to be happy here? Or am I just applying because the title sounds cool? Or I've always wanted to work at that company? Or it's something I should just take what I can get. That self-awareness and that knowledge of what I didn't want to do saved me so much time, so much frustration, and saved me from the reality of doing that soul-crushing work all over again that I experienced at the consulting firm. That makes sense. How do you end up though choosing to like make the bet on yourself and start your own business? Did someone come to you and say, hey, I want help? Or how do you end up going that path? People have always come to me and said, hey, I want help in my career (laughs) throughout my entire adulthood. I have been like lovingly referred to among my friends as the fairy job mother, just someone who is just like, yeah, let's talk about work. Let's like talk about it. (laughs) I want to help you. Folks did come to me. It was a combination of realizing that I wanted to incorporate things in my career like public speaking, like writing, like speaking in front of different groups instead of the same groups all the time. And instead of just being behind my laptop every day and mixing up the types of folks that I was speaking to on a daily basis. And I realized that very few jobs I was seeing out there combined what was really important to me. And so at that point, I realized, Janelle, I think you need to do this yourself. I, I think you need to to do your own thing. That is most often not the case with my clients. I'm not someone who's going to push you to become an entrepreneur, to quit the nine to five and just do your own thing. There are so many people like we were talking about before who are perfectly happy with traditional roles, traditional corporate careers. But what I did, which was very like strategic, was to stick to the long game in this career pivot. So I actually did get another full-time job after I decided I wanted to be an independent career coach. Because what I also knew about myself is that I had certain lifestyle non-negotiables that I wasn't willing to give up. I was living in the, the most expensive city in the country and I didn't want to move. I was willing to make some sacrifices, but I wasn't willing to make others. So that reality came down to having to get another corporate full-time job while building my practice, building my skills, understanding what it was like to work with private clients, 
a little bit more slowly until I was ready to fully jump all in. So I got a job as an HR business partner at another tech company in on the West Coast in Silicon Valley, stayed there for a little more than a year while I was building up this practice. That makes sense. So it sounds like you really had a lot of intention behind, you know, everything that you were doing, because it sounds like, you know, you, you took everything into account, like the lifestyle you wanted to live, the job you wanted to have, the business you wanted to create, like, it sounds like you really got super intentional. I think you have to consider all of those things. Your career doesn't exist in a silo. It's not like you put on your career identity, take it off at the end, at the end of the day, and then put on your personal identity. Maybe it was like that up until 2020, but now it will never be like that again. So we need to be really, really realistic with ourselves about the 360 lifestyle we want to live and where our work fits into all of that. That makes sense. What would you tell someone? And I guess I'm curious if you get a lot of people who come to you who just say like, I don't know what I want. Because it's really interesting for me personally, because I started undergrad at Bentley, which is like a small school outside of Boston, then transferred to Syracuse. So I feel like I, I got like a taste of two different colleges. I really love Syracuse. I'm still very involved with the network and the people there. But I feel like schools need to do a better job personally of like, teaching young people who are just graduating to embrace like that you don't need to have your shit figured out right when you graduate. I completely agree. I wish it was more normalized among our age group, among any age group or specifically millennials who are a little bit of a ways out of college now that like evolving is so natural. Evolving should be expected for us, especially in, in our careers. How many of us were super intentional about choosing our job out of college? Not the majority, I'm willing to bet. We took a risk. We thought, all right, this looks good. Ultimately, I'm making money and I need to pay back my loans or I don't want to live with my parents anymore, so I have to afford rent. And this will allow me to live in the city that I want to live in. You know, What I try to impress on all of my clients and anyone who I interact with around career fulfillment is that if you are in your 20s or 30s, You're not starting from scratch if you want to make a career change. You're starting from experience. You're not starting from square one anymore. All of your experience that you've had up until now is not a waste. It's not just like going away. You're using that to inform what you want next. You're starting from experience. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think for me personally, the advice that I give to like people who are still in college just to welcome, like really welcome that not knowing is great because I think it it enables you to sort of put on that explorer hat where it's like, I'm going to go and try a bunch of different things and see what I like, what I don't like. And that will sort of shape, and you could tell me as the career expert, but that will shape, you know, obviously that person's perspective on what they think they want to do and what they want to try and what they want to dig into further versus I'm so certain that this is what I want to do right when I graduate, but it's like, you've never done that thing before. Right. So it's sometimes it's it's hard to really know. Well, I'm kind of going to throw a question back to you now, if you don't mind, but do you feel like you know what you want to do with your career? I think in this moment, I have a sense of the direction I want to go, but I'd say I spent like the first seven years of my twenties diving really deep into my business, but also really keeping that like explorer hat on. And as opportunities came towards me, I would always say yes. And always sort of welcome connecting with anyone and trying something and learning something new I feel like so much of my early 20s was exploring. I used to really be fearful of like 
the big 30 more like I need to. And I saw that you had like the viral uh, Instagram post, mm-hmm. like more that I needed to have my shit figured out by the time I'm 30. And now I would say I really embrace, like, I really, really feel that 30 is like just the beginning. I'm only 28, but I'm very excited for the next two years because I feel like as I get closer to 30, I really feel like I have more experience, greater network, a greater sense of what I like, what I don't like. And like, I feel like 30 is almost like a birth year of, (laughs) wow, I'm going to be able to figure out all these things now where as before it was very much by 30, I need to have all these things figured out. And now it's just like by 30, 30 is the beginning, baby. Like let's, (laughs) let's welcome. Now I'm really genuinely excited. And I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but even as I think about people who get later into their thirties or even their forties and they're like, Oh, I just spent the last decade, the last two decades of my life committed to this thing, this project, this business, this job, I can't leave it all behind. I would say to that person or, you know, that like, you're just in a better position to succeed at whatever you want to go and do now. That's something so, so common that I hear in folks that approach me about career coaching or just looking for advice is that, they're buying into what's called the sunk cost fallacy about their career. So thinking that there is already a sunk cost, the time and the effort and the experience that you've put into your career so far, we tend to think to ourselves, oh, all right, I know this job isn't right for me anymore. I know that like, I'm not really excited about developing at this company anymore, but I've been here since college. I've been here for seven, eight years. I might as well stick it out. I've been here for so long. Why would I look for something now when you're not even 30? thinking about the sunk cost or and i'm putting that in very healthy air quotes right now it's not a sunk cost what's really going to be more detrimental is continuing down this path just because you think what you've put into it is irretrievable or down the drain or like now that i've already committed x number of years here that means i have to i have to keep going that's so not true at all yeah i think also you're just like as you get older and as you experience more and work more and just experience more of life, you're in a better position to succeed at whatever it is you go and pursue next because of that experience you have. I really like that. I would totally agree. Yeah. It's the experience piece, right? Cause you know yourself, it's yeah. the self-awareness that you're bringing into your next venture. So as you get older, obviously, you know, you typically speaking, you end up making more money every single year or depending obviously if you're at a job or you're building a business and you're, you're sort of on somewhat of an upward trend in terms of what you're making. I'm speaking very generally, but I'd love to get your thoughts about golden handcuffs and people who say, oh, I can't leave all this behind because yeah. it's too good. The benefits are too good. I'm making too much money, but I'm not happy. What would be your advice, feedback? What would you tell that person? And just what are your thoughts in general about like golden handcuffs? They're so real. I have just so many close friends, clients who come to me shackled to those golden handcuffs and afraid of taking them off. First, that they're real. And I want to validate that feeling to anyone listening who thinks that they currently are tied to a position because of perks, benefits, everything else that it provides. Like That is a very normal thing to feel. And you're not crazy for thinking that. Second is that even though you have all of those perks, cushions, an amazing salary, benefits, perhaps it's time off, perhaps it's prestige. Yes, you have those perks. It is still at the expense of something else. It's not like you're not sacrificing something else. 
I would encourage you if you're listening to this and you feel like you are like wearing some golden handcuffs, to what expense are you wearing those handcuffs? Is it your personal relationships? Is it your mental health? Is it your physical health? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you taking care of your body? Are you connecting with the people that you love? Are you making time to socialize or, or date or give the person that you are dating or in a relationship with the time that they deserve from you? What are you sacrificing? Because you are sacrificing something. You're just not willing to admit it to yourself yet. I guess it's more if someone comes to you and says, like, help me out in this situation. Because some people graduate college are just like, I want to make the most money I can possibly yeah. make. That's cool, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, if that's their prerogative, that's their prerogative. I'm never going to be someone who tells someone else what's right for them. And if in your first few years out of college, your prerogative is just making money, cool. And if you're satisfied yeah. with that, great. If, if you're not unhappy in your career, then keep going, I guess. But if you are vocalizing unhappiness, if you are vocalizing frustration or burnout and asking for advice, then I will give you advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was out to dinner a couple, like maybe a couple of weeks ago and someone was telling me they went on a bachelor party and everyone that was there, they all just happened to be lawyers at big time law firms. And they're on a, this boat, every single person, maybe except this person who wasn't a lawyer, was on their laptop working on this boat. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, I had little bombs going off. Like, oh, that is literally sounds like the absolute worst job in the world. Like you're at a bachelor party, you know, enjoy yourself. <laughs> Everyone's working. It's like Saturday in the afternoon and you're on a boat with your friends. Yes, I completely agree with you that like that is my personal idea of hell. Like I just want to jump off the boat. I want to be in the water. Like pass me a cocktail. This is like, I don't want to be on my laptop. That's the last thing I'm thinking about. And that is why I chose to make a change in my own career. But I would be curious to be like a fly on the wall of that boat, if that makes sense, to listen to <laughs> some of those men who were on their laptops on the bachelor party on the boat. Like, were they complaining or were they kind of like enjoying a sense of camaraderie that they were mm -hmm. all on their laptops? And did that actually make them feel good that they could kind of, I'm not going to say like perform because I'm sure they were really doing work, but maybe like recognition for how hard someone works or the prestige of their job is really important to someone. And that actually fulfills them. So don't even want to speculate that like maybe they weren't unhappy in that moment if they weren't saying they were, because maybe that actually does bring them a lot of satisfaction to like show their bros that like, Hey, I'm so important. Like, I have to work on this bachelor party. And that is one of like a value for them is like recognition in that way. If however, they were like on the verge of like tearing their hair out and wanted to throw their laptop in into the ocean, just because it's the last way they wanted to spend a bachelor party, then I would say, okay, let's look inward. <laughs> what are your real personal values? What is the real type of lifestyle you want to be building? And where does work fit into that? In what ways is your current career at odds with that ideal? And then how can we bridge that gap? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know that's not really like what people are like willing to talk about, but for some folks, a career with like a super flashy reputation or with just like a lot of public respect or prestige is really important to them. And so if that's the case, then big law, big consulting, big finance is probably going to give you that. But if you know deep down that like you don't actually care about that, that you don't actually care like 
what people think about the name of the company that you work for after you introduce yourself. And what you really care about is green energy or a sustainable consumer lifestyle or life cycle. If that's really important to you and you're not fulfilling some of the things that make you feel like you're making a difference, then it's time to get honest with yourself and pursue a change. Yeah. It sounds like just being really intentional behind yeah. your decisions is maybe one of the the bigger ingredients here to, you know, finding joy and happiness in, in your work. What would you say someone who's just tuning in and they're trying to figure out how to find more purpose in their work, how to become more fulfilled? What would be like your first bit of advice to them? Hmm. Because, you know, it's, it's not like you can just snap your fingers and say, okay, totally. like do this and you're going to be happy. I think it really is kind of like what you went on and probably, you know, I would assume why, what compels people to contact you to work with you. It is very much a journey. It's not like over a weekend you could figure out your, you know, your dream job, your purpose and things like that. Definitely. If someone wants to be more fulfilled with their career, my first question to them would be, why aren't you fulfilled now? The answer to that question or the conversation that happens from that is so telling. It just contains so much information about how they feel day to day and what's not living up to their own expectations for their own potential or what they thought was going to be different, but is actually not great for them. The answer to the question of why aren't you fulfilled now and really taking time to explore that question, not feeling like you need to answer it in one quick, succinct response. Take your time to follow a stream of consciousness, journal about it, write down some of the reasons why you feel like you're not fulfilled right now. The answer to that question contains so many more jumping off points for exploration and to then identify what would help you feel fulfilled. Yeah, that's a great point. So it's not a quick and easy answer for you. I apologize, but it's a quick and easy kind of question to to ponder, to journal on, to meditate on, to to really take some time to ask yourself, why aren't I fulfilled now? I don't know if I said that grammatically correctly. Why am I not fulfilled now? <laughs> Think about it and, and get really honest with yourself, which can be very scary. A lot of us are not ready to feel that discomfort in the response to that question. Mm, makes a lot of sense. We can start to wrap up the show. The Bits of Gold podcast all about building your dream life. So with that being said, what would be your bits of gold on how to build a life you love? I think my idea of building a life that I love has come from only comparing myself to myself and not comparing myself to anyone else. Because that really does put the focus on my life and not what I assume about someone else's life. So building a life that I love comes from like constantly auditing my own self, my own progress, my own potential, my own lessons, and focusing on my life and not and running your own running race. my own race. Exactly. Amen. I love that. <laughs> Where can our listeners connect with you, find you if they want to work with you, contact you? I am all over the internet, <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> It's usually at Janelle Abrahami, J-A-N-E-L-A-B-R-A-H-A-M-I on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, where I post JanelleAbrahami.com. And I have a free weekly newsletter where, where we talk all about these things that we've just had this conversation on. So if you want to continue that conversation, 
my newsletter is called The Audacious Career, and it's janelleabrahami.substack.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you like this episode, please take a minute, share with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps with growing the show and getting it, getting the show out there. So thanks so much, and have an awesome week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>